Hello, this is Keith Anderson. And I'm Chris Roussel. And together, we We are Blood Blood Brothers. Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we welcome everybody to the podcast. Stay tuned. The next episode is coming right up. So one. Here it is. It's the introductory episode. Yeah, man. We get to talk about who God is, who we are, who we are together. And the big question, why? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Why? Answering our why. Yeah, answering our why is what you said. I love that. And, yeah. and you know, why we call it Blood Brothers. Sure. Right? Absolutely. I think that's uh, I think that's pretty awesome. So mm-hmm. that sort of lays out what we plan on accomplishing today. Um, we're going to tell our story. And that's, that's right. Our story, the Keith and Chris story. That's right. Yeah. And talk about our relationship. Absolutely. And our friendship. Our that's friendship. right. So we had worked on a, a couple of boards together and got to know each other, mm-hmm. primarily via Zoom because of COVID. That's a, right. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, I, I think back, if I tried to remember when I first came to know who you were, and it was largely because of a, a nonprofit that uh, we both work with. Right. And we believe to be a blessing to this community here mm-hmm. in Central Virginia. Uh, but when I think back to your arrival mm-hmm. to the city, it was kind of uh, kind of cool to watch that there was this opening. Uh-huh. Then there was this guy who filled that opening. <laughs> and then because of the relationship your parish had mm-hmm. with our organization, yeah. there was this emergence of Chris Roussel. Oh, there he is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and and I just enjoyed your energy so much on the Zoom calls. Yeah. Uh, but it took us a little while, maybe a year uh, or so, before we actually sat out and broke bread together. That's right. First time we sat down and had lunch, we were at Chili's. <laughs> I love Chili's, by the way. <laughs> this is a shameless... This is, this is not an <laughs> yeah, endorsement plug. <laughs> right, right. This is a shameless acknowledgement we're, we're, for food. That's right. Yeah, for food. We're not, we're not getting any money from the Chili's corporation. No, but uh, we're... Be happy to have a conversation with them if they'd like. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. We welcome any and all sponsors. That's right. Uh, so, no, I remember, you know, we sat there and and we were really getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. And we had shared our stories of challenge and difficulty in the course of our lives. Absolutely. Um, some things that we had run into and and really busted open our hearts in front of each other. I right. Mean, the trust factor was, was already there. Yeah. And, and then you asked a question that I think deepened and strengthened our friendship almost immediately. What was that? You don't remember what you asked? No, you said, I don't remember. Where are you in the birth order uh, of your family? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you remember what I said? You said the middle. Yeah. But Te- technically, it was, technically the middle. Right. But because of responsibility, and that resonated with me. Yeah. Because I've had a very similar experience. Right. But you know what, Chris? I want to talk about a conversation that you and I had before we got to chilling. Really? Yeah, man. I remember reaching out to you because a dear friend of mine had recently passed. Yeah, yeah. And I thought for a minute, you know what? I don't want another friend Mm. to pass away. That's absolutely right. Without being intentional in my relationship with the people that are in my orbit. That's and right. That's what brought, that's what prompted the Chili's. Exactly. Rabbi John's death. Yeah. 
because I, I wanted to reach out to you mm-hmm. and get to know you mm-hmm. and not miss an opportunity yeah. because I felt like there was a connection mm-hmm. that we both shared towards uh, being passionate about other people. Mm-hmm. But then I wanted to investigate Mm-hmm. What is it about you mm-hmm. that's drawn me to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully it's the Holy Spirit. It Jesus. was a, yeah. uh, right. And, and it really matters to me, mm-hmm. the investment into relationships, yeah. even the friendships. Right. Now I have acquaintances, mm-hmm. acquaintances mm-hmm. come just by happenstance. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Circumstances, circumstances, mm-hmm. of course. all of those kinds of things. Yeah. But my friends are the ones I get to choose. Yeah. That's right. That's right. No, I appreciate that reminder of that. Chill, um, the decision for the initial meeting. Sure. Was really wrapped up in, in um, our mutual friendship with Rabbi John. Yeah. Who had who had taught us both. Oh, man. Uh, a lot, so much. A lot, a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so that that initial uh, visit that we had uh-huh. and, and the trigger that got tripped for me was. Yeah, I'm technically a middle child, yeah. but I'm also sort of like an older child. And you looked at me and you said, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. And I told the story about you know growing up in New Orleans, my older sister's physically mentally handicapped. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a younger brother who works in the family business. Mm-hmm. And you you had this, the smile you have <laughs> on your face right now right. is the smile you had at the time because I'm showing you my hand. Right. And you knew what you were holding. Right. And you laid it down. Yeah. And you said, look, we, we, we got a pair. And you said, what do you mean? <laughs> and I told the story about yeah. how because of uh, intellectual disability mm-hmm. that my brother has, mm-hmm. I assumed the role of uh, the eldest yeah. when actually I was the second born. Right. right. And then I had a younger brother who's eight years my junior. And so... It forced me to be a big brother yeah. to him, yeah. and then a big brother to an older sibling. Right. That's right. And so the responsibilities of the firstborn or eldest child befell to me because of my relationship uh, with the Lord, my ability to have cognitive function, and then uh, just well, natural birth order. <laughs> that's right, and, and we we are the first ones who got a driver's license. Who, Absolutely, you know, graduated from middle school and then high school, and then Absolutely. you know all the experiences that we had. We we were second in the birth order, but we, yet we were still the first, exactly. right? As as the children, mm-hmm. and so so the fact that we and we're the we found out we're the same age. Yeah. <laughs> so the those things sort of I saw them coalescing, and the Lord saying. Y'all have more in common than you would ever know. And and I felt gratitude. I feel gratitude for the Lord opening that opportunity up for us to learn that about each other and get to know each other. You know what matters a lot to me is um, I had a child Mm. who uh, died unscripted Mm -hmm. uh, in my mind, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, My firstborn. And so... Valuing relationships mm-hmm. changed for me. Mm-hmm. I have no regrets in my experience with my daughter, uh-huh. except for I wish she was still here. Sure. I would re- much rather her bury me right. than me to have to have buried her. Right. So the circumstance in my life really shapes 
who I am mm-hmm. in investing in relationships and and just uh, examining mm-hmm. how I contribute uh, on a daily basis to the people that I come in contact with. It, it shifts your priorities, doesn't it? Absolutely. That's right. It absolutely does. And because of that, I have to think about my uh, living child. Mm-hmm. I have to think about my my wife. But I also had a, a need of my own. And that social dynamic of someone that I could connect with who could kind of see life through my uh, worldview sure. or a similar worldview because of the things that they've experienced. Right. And, and you fit that mold for me that I had a new friend or somebody that I could mm-hmm. invest a relationship in who kind of gets me and the way I think and the way I approach things. Well, I appreciate that so much. And, and it, it makes me so thankful that the Lord saw fit to take my wife and I, Alice <laughs> and I, who are from New Orleans. Right. Uh, we became Episcopalians after having grown up Catholic. So we became Episcopalian. I had served as a Catholic priest and, and, and took some time off after Katrina. And then we ended up being Episcopalians. And then I became an Episcopal priest and was uh, led to Rapid City, South Dakota, and the good people of Emmanuel Episcopal Church and served there for six years. But then it was time. And we wanted to come back towards the South. Mm-hmm. And the opening here at St. John's Episcopal Church in beautiful Lynchburg uh, was available. And we I hit it off with the search committee and the search team. And we had a great visit. And I had no idea what was in, in store for us. Right. And the fact that we're here and that we can have this friendship, mm-hmm. I see as a, a huge blessing from God. Absolutely. You know, the work that the National Episcopal Church is doing and race, racial healing and reconciliation, mm-hmm. um, of course, we've embraced that at our diocesan level, our regional level, mm-hmm. and then also within the church level, the parish level. Sure. And in developing the friendship, we've had the opportunity then to say, how can our friendship be used as a tool by the Absolutely. Lord to have some conversation around race, mm-hmm. racism, and, and other things? The, the way God brought our lives together uh, can't be lost. What I mean by that is uh, I grew up in the Midwest, moved to the Mid-South, <laughs> met a girl, <laughs> got married, raised a family, right. moved around in the military for almost a decade, and found myself coming to Lynchburg, Virginia. Right. With all the hesitancy that I'll unpack in another episode. <laughs> right. right, right, right. Found myself living here, working here, developing a community, and being confronted with the fact that I looked very different physically Mm -hmm. to a lot of people who would later become my friends. And I believe the Lord uses our experiences Mm -hmm. also to shape our understanding of who he is and the... uh, awesomeness of his creation because if we're created in the image of god Mm -hmm. then we are also the reflections of god right in our complexities Mm -hmm. but there are more things that we share in common Mm -hmm. but we often get distracted by the differences Mm -hmm. and i'm grateful for having the openness and the relationship to share with you in a way that i could talk about 
the differences that I've experienced, but cherish the commonality that yeah. you and I face. Yeah, and and I think that's one of the things that we wanted to lay out as one of the whys, is just to explore our similar experiences being raised, grown up, uh, you know, same generation. Sure. Same family, similar family situation, mm -hmm. and yet one black, one white. That's right. You know, and I don't know what it's like to be an African-American man in this country, in this state, in this city. Sure. I don't sure. know what it's I don't know what it's like. I want to know mm -hmm. what it's like. You know what? I want to know what it feels like to be a white man leading a, a, a family, white, uh, a white uh, parish or yeah, predominantly white parish. Yeah. Congregation. congregation, yeah, of course. Yeah. In a predominantly uh, white American mm -hmm. country. Yeah. You know? And the only way that I can do that is through the lens mm -hmm. of someone I can trust. Because we have to share some vulnerable spaces. Absolutely. And this mantle, if you will, maybe some uh, erroneous notions mm -hmm. about one another. Mm-hmm. That takes confidence. That mm -hmm. takes um, a lot of trust, vulnerability, and trust. Absolutely, you yeah, know? absolutely. And and I, I think the exercise uh, of our friendship has uh, invited me mm -hmm. to really explore in my own heart and mind what does it mean to be a person of privilege. Right. 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 I yeah. mean, I grew up humbly. Uh, blue collar household, mm -hmm. but still the color of my skin yeah. automatically gives gives me um, uh, a pass on a lot of things mm -hmm. or access or access. Thank you. That's whether a, you that's take a better it, way, yeah, yeah. Whether you take advantage of it or not, the access is there, right? Whereas um, I don't want to run the risk of being a victim. Because of the experiences, historical experiences mm -hmm. of black Americans in the United States. Right. I've I fought for this country. Yeah. I support this country. Mm -hmm. I pray mm -hmm. for the leadership. Mm -hmm. And I refuse to be victim to uh, historical disenfranchisement. Yeah. Right. Yes. As a as an ethnicity or as a group people group here in America. And I refuse to allow my uh, community to be recognized as such. You know, uh, I wonder, mm -hmm. and this may be the first uh, question that has arisen on our podcast so far that's, that we didn't map out, but it's occurring to me right now in this moment mm -hmm. that I, I don't think about my race, the color of my skin. I don't think about that mm -hmm. Unless I'm in, I'm thrust into a minority situation, mm, right? Yeah. Then I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I'm not probably, I would recognize sure. I'm the only white guy here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and whatever that does to me emotionally, we can unpack in another episode. <laughs> sure. But sure. but by and large, going about my day, I don't I don't have to. I'm not put in situations where I have to reflect on who who I appear to be. Mm. Right now, I'm a tall guy. I'm a mm -hmm. big guy. Yeah. So if I'm in a parking garage at the hospital late at night and there's a lady walking to 20 feet ahead of me or something, sure. I, I'm going to slow down my pace. Yeah. You know, so I'll make adjustments. I, I try to be aware of myself and how yeah. I come across, yeah. right? I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't want anybody to think I'm a threat in any kind of right. way. Right. Um, so I, I guess I just wonder, Keith, about whether 
your own race, your color, does that, is that something that you have to be mindful of probably more than I do? Well, you know what? Um, it depends on the space that I'm in. Uh-huh. When I'm around uh, people who look like me, yeah. I think about who I am and how I interact with that community mm-hmm. as an individual, yes. as a person. Yes. However, when I'm in predominantly white spaces, mm-hmm. I have to code switch and operate in in my in my mindset and presentation, not to fit in, but to be confident in who I am as an individual, but all, always mindful of what I rese- represent, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. in the minds and in their interaction or the experience mm. in that white community. That sounds like a lot of responsibility. Yes, it's <laughs> huge responsibility. Yeah. If you accept the responsibility of being a leader uh-huh. and uh, leadership is something totally different mm-hmm. than merely existing mm-hmm. or carelessly going about your way, only thinking about yourself. Mm-hmm. In leadership, you have to remember that there's somebody following you. Mm-hmm. So I want to create opportunities for continued opportunities mm-hmm. for the people who come behind me, the people who call me leader, the people who uh, come for counsel mm-hmm. or advice. I don't want to be uh, biased or prejudiced as I relate to mm-hmm. them instruction about how to be successful or how to navigate certain spaces and the trust that they give to me to speak into those uh, episodes of their life comes with the fact that I have to be responsible and uh, and not be prideful, not be arrogant, mm-hmm. but in all humility, be the best version of myself in every given situation. And of course, I'm flawed. I'm human. Oh, I know you're flawed. You know, we're good enough friends. I can say that. <laughs> Listen, and if you told me otherwise, I wouldn't believe you. Right. Because I know the real me. Right. The me when there's nobody else around. You know what you described and, and did so just so beautifully you you described what it means to be a christian that you're thinking about people you represent you're thinking about people coming up behind you you're thinking about what path you're going to lay um that that's really powerful keith can you represent white america or white men i don't think i can why um that's a great question i mean I don't know. I don't know why. Sure. But oh, I love this question. Can I represent? I don't know. I, I feel like, well, I think it goes back to what you had said earlier when you mm-hmm. talked about being in a predominantly black uh, room. You, you can let go of all those representation responsibilities mm-hmm. and just be yourself. Right. Yeah. And and uh, your personality mm-hmm. is is at the center, not not anything else. And I think for me, I have the privilege of that, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's about, I don't represent white guys in America. Um, I'm able to just represent Chris Roussel. And that, my friend, is what I think when I think about what white privilege yes. means. Yes. Is that you don't have the burden of trying to represent 
everyone right. that looks and appears as you do. That's right. All right. Um, and so me, when I walk into the room mm-hmm. and I am not part of the majority population right. that's right. gathered, I'm always thinking about, I have a responsibility. I have a burden, but I can't possibly represent the mind of thinking mm-hmm. of every person of color in America. No. The, the, the variations of personality, identity, uh, value are just as large. Absolutely. As any other group. But I do have the historical uh, knowledge of mm-hmm. knowing that there's some advancement that we need to make in terms of reconciliation. Amen. Within America. And that's what, and it's got to start on one-on-one relationships, right? It, it has to. How does the healing begin? It's by building relationship, by building that trust. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hope, we hope sure. this podcast will accomplish. We had a, you and I, had a conversation at my church uh, back in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we set up two chairs. We spoke to each other and the congregation listened in. Wow. And we got a positive feedback on that. What Absolutely. are you going to do next? What are we going right, to do? Right, right, right. And so the more and more we prayed about it, we knew that our relationship, our friendship sure. could really uh, launch something. And yeah. so that's how this podcast. So there's our why. That's our why. There's our why. We, we've come together to live out our faith. Uh both being uh, Christians, Mm -hmm. motivated or inspired by the written word of God. And in it, I find these words, as much as lies within you, live peaceably with other men. Mm -hmm. And, And so my motivation in reconciling a problem, a burden in America starts in a relationship. Mm-hmm. As much as I have ability to reconcile and have a relationship with others, then it's my responsibility and burden as a believer. Amen. Amen. And I feel that level of responsibility as a, a, a white Christian. Mm-hmm. I, I know that I can be part of the healing of racism in our country. Absolutely. Right? Because the ones who have the power mm. or the access to power sure. uh, are the ones who have have the opportunity to make changes. Yeah. So hopefully working together, we'll we'll make some changes along the way in somebody's heart, mind, and soul. In- Absolutely. Including my own. That's it. You know, I've still got a lot of work to do. You know what? I aim uh, to please the Lord every day. And mm. I know you... And I know you deep enough to know that that's your aim as well. It is. Now, whatever we hit <laughs> in that target, right. that's up to God. That's right. But it's to be transformational and not mm-hmm. transactional. Yeah. So when people say, what are you guys going to do? I, I don't want to think of the actual activity mm-hmm. to do. But I'd rather say, what are we going to be? We're going to mm-hmm. be different. Yeah. We're going to be brothers. Right. Blood We're, brothers. Blood brothers. Under the blood that redeems us. Absolutely. We're just brothers. Amen. What a great way to conclude our first episode of season one. Man, I'm so excited for episode two. Uh, episode <laughs> two coming up. We'll be talking about Black History Month. Yeah. And I'll be looking forward to that. Amen. Thanks. Thank I love you. Love you. Thanks God for being you. my brother. Yes, thanks for being my brother.